Hi, Honeymooners. Natasha and I are coming to a city near you. And we'd love you to come see us and support us doing live stand-up comedy. As for me, I'm going to be going to the Comedy Club on State in Madison this very weekend for five shows. I love that club. I'd love to see you there. I'll also be at the Troubadour for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on May the 12th. That's just one night, one show, just me. But Natasha and I are going to be doing a live Endless Honeymoon podcast taping for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on the 4th of May. Then I'm going to the Punchline in Philadelphia. That's in July. Would love to see you there. I'm going to be going to the Punchline in Sacramento in August. And I'll be going to the DC Improv uh, the weekend before the election, before we figure out what hell we hath wrought. Come see me at any of those dates. Oh, yeah, one more. I'll be at the Bell House in New York on July the 11th. I'd love to see you there, New York City. Natasha, you got anything? Why don't you come see me in Brea? If you live in Orange County, I think that's Orange County. I don't even know, but come to Brea. I'll be there in April. I'll also be at the Chicago Improv in April. And if you can't see me in Chicago, why don't you come to Tempe in May? Tempe, Arizona. I'll also be in Boston, but that's not till October. I think I might take the summer off. Go to NatashaLegero.com. Or MosheCasher.com. And get some tickets. To see the both of us. And also make sure that you come to our Patreon-supported Dinner party this Sunday. That is on St. Patrick's Day. What else are you doing? It is a dumb holiday. I'm sorry. If you are not yet a member of the tier that gets you into the dinner parties, go ahead and upgrade. Upgrade that. You could downgrade afterwards. I mean, we don't have real rules. Order your corned beef and cabbage from the local pub. DoorDash that shit to your house. Yep. Log on. 6 p.m. Come mess with us. It's a really great way. Pacific. To connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast and also to connect to your lovely hosts. Welcome. Fly, fly me to the moon. Let me be flown up to the moon. In a space shuttle. Moshe, that's how talented Moshe thinks Frank Sinatra is. <laughs> Chicago is my kind of town. Well, we've been getting into a debate because we've been, we watched the Frank Sinatra documentary and Moshe's Great like, doc. I don't understand what he did. He's a good picker of songs. No, all I'm saying <laughs> is that it was a great documentary about an unbelievably interesting, amazing life. And hovering above the documentary like a specter the whole time, you're like, but this music is bad, right? We can all kind of admit that. Well, not only that, I, I don't mind them. I don't love the music. I don't even like the music, but I have been liking it recently since we watched the documentary. I've been playing it because there's so much construction going on next door. It seems to drown it out. Kind of I like those kind of big band Ba-da-ba. Yeah, we but- got a sassy broad with the big old bum. I want to put my cock right next to her thumb i wanna okay, have her in my bed the thing that you keep saying which is a great point probably a point made constantly throughout the ages is he didn't write any of the songs well i yeah i mean listen i i'm overstating i don't actually think frank sinatra's bad i think it is listenable and he's an impassioned singer but i've never been that into any artist where they're like this amazing artist and then you're like who wrote not one word of his discography. I'm like, oh, so what? Like, what am I learning about you? What does that mean from you? I don't know. I think what it really means is that I'm more worshipful of language than I am of like 
singing ability. I mean, I think it's impressive when you can sing well, but I'm not, you don't become, to me, you don't become great unless you're the person that made the song. That's just not true. For me. Okay. Well, who else is great? Like Judy Garland, Liza Minnelli. Bad. Dusty Springfield. Dusty Springfield? I don't know, just like people who are like these great. Hold on a second. I was just thinking, I was just listening to her today. (laughs) Or Frank Sinatra, Liza Minnelli. I like female singers. I do too. And, you know, obviously my first choice of music is folk and that's always obviously by them. obviously your first choice would no be i'm folk. saying my first if, if there was one type of music that i had to listen to only it would probably be like some kind of 70s folk music mm-hmm. just because like female singers i just love that kind of thing it speaks to me because they're singers and they're songwriters but i will tell you people like my dad italian car dealers who are retired in florida when they hear frank sinatra singing it reminds them of their like, I mean, they don't have introspective thoughts, probably, but they <laughs> no, have. I mean, look, I he was a legend. I'm not saying he's not a legend. I think, I think it's like I love the documentary. What a life! But I'm kind of like, okay. There's plenty other. There's plenty more artists, I think, that did not write their songs. But I hear you. It's it's always more Who effective. Who are the great artists? I, I guess a lot of R and B. Like I guess Aretha Franklin didn't write her own songs, right? I think that's right. Well, a lot of country music stars, I guess, didn't. Or no, I think they. I don't know. The thing that I know just from really liking art, like like let's just say Judy Garland, because I mentioned her, and sure. I, I've always found her captivating. I don't think that you would find that, or I agree. do not. I mean, I love her one song, um, "Somewhere Over the Rainbow." <laughs> I do love that one. Where she's all. Remember no, where she was all. Just... You remember she was all somewhere. Over the rainbow. All I'm saying is they put so much of themselves into the song and into the emotion, and they're just like raw emotion living in the moment no, of you're this right. song, you're right. and, pe- and they're connecting with people in this electric way. You're right. You're right. Aretha and I Franklin. Think that there's something to that. Aretha Franklin, Adele, these like. You know, maybe Dusty Springfield wrote her own songs. I just remember looking up recently because I, I, I was listening to some songs. I was like, oh, did she write anything? Jennifer Holiday. I, I get what you're saying. Like Jennifer Holiday is a great example. Th- there are these people whose voices are so unbelievable that you're like, okay, your voice is an instrument, and you're like a virtuosic, uh, you know, almost operatic. Uh, and there's also Frank Sinatra, who oh. had, had a voice that was a singing voice. Right. He had a pretty good voice. I think everyone should press pause, go on YouTube, type in Jennifer Holiday, and I'm telling oh, you. Oh, that is quite a, quite a performance. Watch it. Tell me if if this if if it was important that she wrote the words to that. No, that is fair. Jennifer Holiday, I think at the Tonys singing and I am telling you is pretty unbelievable. The the other the only um vocal performance that's close to that is now press pause again. Go to YouTube <laughs> and look up look up R. Kelly on Wait, hold on, I'm getting a message from our producer. Oh, okay, don't do that, actually. Don't do that at all. Uh, but no, I, I take it back. I think Frank Sinatra is an important artist. I think he's significant. I think he did have a really nice and unique and special voice. And he made, uh, he definitely made a lot of very special music. I just, it's a... Uh, it's not a genius that you respect, the uh, the marketing picking genius. Because like, 
obviously a very savvy, very in touch with the zeitgeist person. His last song he ever recorded when he was like, had already retired, was dying or sick. And then he's like, maybe I should do New York, New York. And it was like, became like the Sp- anthem. By the way, for let the- me just stop you. <laughs> Great. Spot on. Spot on Frank. Well, that was Frank. I was, <laughs> I have, I have goosebumps. But I mean, that takes a certain amount of genius too, to just be like, to, to hear that song, even though we heard Liza Minnelli sing it. To hear that song and to be like, uh, that's me. That's what I want to do. And then to sing it. I don't know. It's like he could have picked any dumb song. I hear you. I'm so not- there is something to that. But also, that means you don't respect any Broadway artists. Because Broadway artists don't usually write their own music, write their own song. No, let me tell you. Um, when it comes to Broadway, first of all, the thing I respect the most... Are we? Is this relatable? When it comes to Broadway, the thing I respect the most is the play. Always. Language always. That's just who I am. That's the only thing I'm good at is the language. And so that's the only thing I respond to. But then secondly, when there's a great like performer on Broadway, like, yeah, Jennifer Holliday or, you know, Patti Lapone or one of these kinds of people, you know, well, they, they're, they, they're doing virtuosic double duty, which is acting and singing at the same time, which I think is, you know, that, that, that to me is very impressive. I would like to also add, would you like... To Frank Sinatra was one of the great art, great actors of all time. Would you like to see 80-year-old songwriting duo, duo Candor and Ebb singing <laughs> New York, New York? Okay, fine. <laughs> I take it back. Or Look. would you... I mean, that's the thing. When people write songs so often, they're like... They always people always say it. It's like it just kind of came out. It came to me. It was channeled. It just like exists now. And but and I think it exists sometimes for other people to hook into it. I think I know how, how to say what I'm going to say. People like Frank Sinatra and and the the people that sung other people's songs that were so talented. They were so amazing and talented and impressive until singer songwriters came around that's true and people that were like in the 70s and people were like wait a minute you can both write the most unbelievable song on earth and sing it yeah, and make cool. it beautiful like to me that was like a shattering of this idea that like that there was one category of person that could sing and one category of person that could write and mm-hmm. that's what i respond to i guess that's what i'm trying to say you're right i hear you that's correct and i hear you too and to all of our italian american listeners i do not <laughs> mean to diss Frankie baby I don't I think he's good I honestly like some Frank Sinatra well he has a really interesting folk album called Mm -hmm. Cycles he does a Joni Mitchell song he does a country song called Little Green Apples I highly recommend it it's it's a nice new new uh, shade of Frank one of the funny funny anecdotes from this documentary is they say they were talking about how much he hated rock and roll and his son brought him a copy of yesterday by the beatles and like he's like get that shit out of here you're fucking kidding me you fucking beatles fuck you and the one's like smoked a cigar and had whiskey i mean everybody needed to loosen up in that era basically so thank god for the 60s also the whole brat pack mentality to me is very toxic rat pack or whatever yeah rat pack mm-hmm. very toxic they even say in the documentary, the men only cared about themselves. They called the women broads. And it was just like all about. Wouldn't you want to be dudes. called a broad by Frankie, Frank Sinatra or Dean no. Martin? No, I wouldn't. Listen, I think it's time that we settle our grievances. Yeah. About Frank Sinatra and okay. listen to some secrets. Okay, let's listen. Okay, so this is a secret. Um, I don't know if this is normal or not, like a normal teenage shenanigans. But um, 
I, I myself and my friend used to steal a family photo from every party we went to. So we would be like, you know, 16, 17, 18, and every high school party we would go to, instead of stealing like all the forks or something funny like that, that we heard of doing, we would steal a family photo and we would just leave the frame or whatever blank. And so for a while, we just had kind of a scrapbook of these family photos that just were straight up not ours. Um, one time we got caught, we had to like shamelessly send the photo back in the mail. It was super awkward, but yeah, I don't know if that's normal or not. Thanks guys. Love your podcast. It's creative. Is it a tradition to steal at, from house parties when you're a teenager? Is that some, Remember some I told you I stole jewelry? Well, yeah, everybody steals when they're young. I'm so she was talking about it as if it's some sort of like known prank ritual that <laughs> When you go to a house party, you'll steal some thing. It from makes the- sense. Wait, how do house parties happen? Because that's just like giving me like flash forwards to like when my kid's 15. Is she going to be throwing parties or people are going to steal my shit? <laughs> that's your takeaway? Kind of. Because I'm like, who are these kids? Like, why would a family let their kid have a un- uh, unchaperoned Do you party? not remember your teenage years? I must not. Well, here's what, how it works. Mom and dad go out of town. And uh, the kid throws a big party. We're like, hi, darling. We're going to be at the laugh spot in Seattle. Exactly. You're, you're finally old enough to, to stay home alone, right? Grandma's going to come by and watch you. And, you know, uncle, uncle's going to come by and make sure you're okay. But we think you're old enough. You're 15 now. We're going to go do a weekend at a, at a club. I'm definitely not doing that. Why? Because you're scared to leave her at home? To leave a 16-year-old? Isn't that illegal? No. Is it? I what? Don't know. Are you like a Catholic school mom? <laughs> Are we never going to let her? What happens at 18 when she's like, I'm leaving? On That's the-, the legal age to let a kid go on their own. So, I don't but think until you then, legally- you don't let. So, until then, you don't let them leave your side. And then at 18. 18- no, I don't think you can legally leave them alone in the yeah, house. Yeah, you can. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Did you never get left home when you were 16? No. I don't think that's normal, Moshe. What? To be left alone overnight? Did you sleep over at friends' houses ever? Yeah, and their parents were always there. Am I? I think you had a very liberal childhood. Don't you talk about my mother like that. <laughs> Do you insulting me? You call my mom a whore? Can I ask our podcast producer really quick? Why don't you ask our podcast listeners? Laura, have you, were you left alone overnight after, when you were 16? No, that's not normal, Moshe. I just don't agree with you. Okay. I just don't agree. It's like a classic trope. How did it become a trope? Because parents are how did it up become a trope? Bad in the- parents. So every movie about a a, a big um, blowout party is about is also the subtext of that movie of that high school movie is that the parents are actually delinquent parents, rich assholes. Yeah. I don't think this is true. All right. Well, part of 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 your job as a parent is to slowly train your kid to become an adult, and part of their job as a kid is to abuse that trust. And have a house party, but to find their true love at that house party, even though the house gets destroyed. All right. Well, let's hear another secret. Well, I'm going to keep some secrets. Ask some friends. How about I ask our podcast listeners? All right. Write us. They're like 18. Well, then they're perfectly, they're the perfect people to answer it. Hey, (laughs) listeners, two years ago, did you ever stay home over the weekend without your parents there? 
find out. I'm trying to leave town, dude. You don't want to leave town for 18 years? I'm out. I'll go by myself. You need like a father class. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. They're like, lesson one, never let your kid out of your sight for eight, <laughs> 17 years, 364 days. On the 365th day, they can finally sleep over at a friend's house for the first time. Is that your impression of me with like buck teeth? <laughs> yep. All right, let's hear another secret. Here's the bad news, honey. Yeah. You have buck teeth. No, I, I actually used to. Did you really? Yeah, I had braces for you three years. You had buck teeth? Yes. Buck teeth. I mean, they weren't like, oh, but like, <laughs> they weren't good. I want to see you with buck teeth. I'll send you a picture. You don't have, you don't see You'll a picture. You'll send me a picture? <laughs> I'll text it to you. I live with you. You don't have, a, you didn't see a picture of me in a night brace? I used Wait, to wear a night brace every so night. So our kid can't spend the night at home alone, but you can't show me a picture next to me? Honey, I will show you a picture. I want to see them buck teeth. Okay. I think that is so hot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah them bucks. Ooh. Okay, can we please change the subject? Let's hear another whatever it's a secret hello my angels um i'm currently right in this moment going through something oh this is what rock bottom feels like i uh last night or this morning i swallowed one of the crowns to my little chompers my little tooth crown and it might have been in the one bite of croissant i had today or last night because i was a little bit drunk um but I just realized it's gone and I have like exposed nerve and crowns are really expensive. I actually had this done in Mexico, which is probably why it's missing. Um, and I just went and dug through my own poo to try and find it with the intention of boiling it and putting it back in my mouth. So that's my day. Oh, and I didn't find it. Um, so now I'm going to have to go throw out my croissant and dig through that, hoping that it was just my little little bite of croissant I had this morning that I'd attached to and I swallowed it without knowing. And I'm never going to tell anyone else that. So you're welcome. Bye. That was pretty cool. Uh, okay. Let me tell you a little secret about me. Um, I have a dentist. Mm-hmm. His building says dentista. <laughs> He's in a strip mall. Mm-hmm. He is very inexpensive. And I think, but he's very good. And I, and Moshe, Moshe makes fun of me. We've already talked about it on this podcast, but all I'm saying is you got to find a good, inexpensive dentist. There are p- dentists, there are people out there. Like I remember my dentist when I met him when I was poor and I walked into this dentista because I didn't have insurance and I only had like $50. And he makes the rounds at various dentistas for like part of his training. So he actually has like a nice office somewhere else, but he needs to go to these like, lower income places in order to like, I don't know, maybe he just does it because he's nice. But you can find very good dentists at like these kind of like more cheap places. So I I just think like, I don't know that I would have been able to dig through my shit for the crown. What I was impressed with was I don't think we've ever had a secret that was being left during the secret. (laughs) That was so cool. She was between... She had just searched through her shit and was about to make herself puke and search through that. And we, she called us in the middle. I mean, she called us angels. I think she's an angel. <laughs> but, but you know what? Like, I don't think that's something like Moshe. Let me ask you this. If yeah. I told you that that happened to me, what would you think? 
if you told me that you dug through your shit, mm-hmm. I'll tell you exactly what I would think. Why are you telling me? Right. Like, I'm just saying, like, why not call a podcast? <laughs> I just think, like, when you do things like that, it might be the kind of thing where, like, you're so ashamed of it that maybe you just don't do that. I disagree. I think it was pragmatic and smart. I think she did the right thing. I wouldn't, it wouldn't grow. The puke thing would grow. I have a problem with puke, but the, I think you got to do what you got to do. How much can a crown cost though? It $200? sounds like it was expensive. No, I mean, she went to Mexico for it. Maybe she had like something more complicated than. Because here's the thing. Even if she digs through her shit, boils it, pops it back on the tooth, it's still going to come out again. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Is is this what that show you've been watching the crown is about because <laughs> i've never seen the show but is that is this it basically also it sounds like maybe it was like a gold thing like aren't, aren't you supposed to get like um white cavities like don't they do white now crowns yeah, you is don't that know what still color it was oh i don't know what a no crown i is. mean i think a crown is like a gold piece that they put over no is it your it's, tooth in like the 80s no, and then no, they no. figured out how to fill cavities with white no no it's not a cavity fill i think it's like a top it's a top but why would you need that i don't know i'm not i'm no dentista well i'm just saying if you pop it back on your tooth it's probably going to come back off again right but I also don't... it kind of seemed like she enjoyed it and maybe you just like to get kind of down and dirty and it's funny you know it's be you yeah you know what angel I've done I've done gross things and I've done weird things. Oh really? And you know I think it makes me. Oh, who you I did am. do something gross. I remember. Because you know you what? Had those buck teeth. Here's what. Here's what I like <laughs> about Aunt Angie. Is that her name? I don't know. If she was some, if she was like Gwyneth Paltrow, she would never have to stoop to like digging through her stool to like you know your 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 fingers get dirty. You're like it's like this pathetic thing, but it's. You know what? Like, I think it's cool to like not be a rich person and to like it. It builds integrity. It's true. Moshe, some no, I like mean, I, I didn't know where you were like going. Spoiled person. And I, was, or I was surprised when you got there. Person when our when whose parents always take care of them. Like, there's a lot of people who aren't like that. Who you can't just be like, Daddy, can you please get me back to the dentist? I, I just think it's mumsy. My crown fell off. Can you? I think it's like, you know, you do what you can do. And I think that's a very important way to live and and I not agree. feel bad that you have to live that way. I, I mean, I don't think she felt bad. She was just calling a podcast. Well, she did say she was... Um, Never going to tell anybody? No, she said that this was rock bottom. Oh, her. rock bottom. That's true. I agree with you. You know, I agree. I grew up super poor. You grew up super poor. And I would not trade it for having grown up with wealth and privilege because you learn what the world's like. All these fucking rich kids... This L.A. is like home of the rich. I mean, there's a lot of poor people here, too. But it's like the home of the like entitled rich kid who ne- doesn't have any context for the world. Ugh, what a bad... I just think that's a bad way to be. Anyway, listen. Should we play another secret or should we just go to bed? No, let's play one more. Okay, fine. Don't scream at we me. We can't leave with someone digging through their shit to put a thing back in their tooth. And our last secret of the week. Hey, Natasha and Moshe. Uh, my secret is that I think it would be really cool to wear makeup, even though I'm a guy and I'm not into girly stuff at all. Uh, I think it'd be really cool to like switch up my look all the time and like, yeah. All right. Bye. Oh, please do it. I agree. Just do it. And also I think eyeliner, here's how, here's where you start with like a real like light, um, 
look at a tutorial and figure out how how people do. You probably don't even know this, Mosh. You pull your eye down and you like, I don't know what it's called exactly, but you just put a little bit of liner like inside the crease of your eye. It's not on your skin. It's like inside the eye. And that looks really cool. It makes your eyes pop. And I think maybe start with something like that. You could even do like a color if you wanted to, but I always go with a brown or a black. And um, just like see how it feels. And if people are like, are you wearing makeup? You can be like, yeah, I put on some eyeliner today. What do you think? I, or you can say no if you want. But I do not know what you're talking about. I'll tell you, <laughs> I'll tell you why. All my life, uh, people can't see this because I'm wearing glasses. All my life, people have asked me if I am wearing eyeliner. Mm. I look like I'm wearing eyeliner naturally. Lucky you. And when I was young, I was embarrassed about it because people would say I look like a girl. And then when I got old enough to be a man, I became very happy about it because my eyes are good. I agree with you. You know, if you think it looks cool and you're like embarrassed about the idea of trying it, I mean, it's not for me particularly. I'm not really into it. But like if it's something you're into, like why live a life where something makes you curious and you don't try it? Life is so short and it's so fleeting. You only have one shot, you know, as Hamilton said, and you just shouldn't not do things as, especially if they're not harmful, you should try everything that you're curious about. You should have fun, grab life. And if you're too scared to do it in public, well, you can start at home. Do what Natasha said. Do a YouTube tutorial and just wear it around the house. Look in the mirror. See, do you look cool? Do you feel good? You know what I mean? It's like, fuck all these people. that, that This whole notion that you should like be conformed. Like that's what so many people on the on the right are always saying. Like they want this like back to basics like... I don't want the left won't will make us all go to Starbucks like this whole idea that being a freak is something negative like my mom would always tell me that why can't you dress like everybody else oh my god kill me kill me you everybody is on a conveyor belt and and the choices offered you on the conveyor belt is conformity like do the the widgets of life you're born you go to school you get out of school you go to college you get a job you find a spouse you get married you have a kid you die Anything you can do to jump off the conveyor belt for a little while and have an experience that's one of a kind, whatever it is, you have to do it because at the end of the whole conveyor belt, you're dead and you don't get to have any more experiences. So don't waste time on fear. Actually, this call just reminded me too. I I keep thinking like every time I put like smeared makeup on, I feel like I look good. So I think I should just start going out with like my makeup running. Don't do that, honey. That's totally not cool. And you'd look like a freak. Really? Look like everybody else, honey. Anyway, I just think it's like if, yeah. you, if you go to it with like a playful mentality, I think it could be fun. And also you'll attract people who won't judge you. And you'll attract people who are more interesting. That's the other thing. So true. I mean, not to talk about the culture war, but in the culture war, I'm on the side of the freaks yeah. always. I want to be around people that are weird and fucked up and off the path. And Who's bizarre. the opposite of Jared Kushner? <laughs> <laughs> That's like my type. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Honey, I love that. And more than that, I love you. I love you too. <laughs>